Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we're talking about visualization. And I know that you've heard me talk about visualization before, but this is visualization for people who say they can't visualize. And I don't mean the ones who haven't practiced. I mean, I was having a conversation with a client not too long ago, and she said to me, she's like, what do you do for people who can't visualize? Like, I really, I don't see those pictures in my head. I don't think about agility, in this case, in that way. Like, what do you do? And it just got me thinking, of course, I love a good challenge, and it got me thinking, and then there was, yes, a TikTok, of course, that was served up to me about how some people don't think in pictures, right? And how some people um, don't always have a thought going in their head. Like, I personally can't imagine. I always have a thought going in my head. I do think in pictures. I can, uh, when I think of imagination, if you tell me to imagine a purple dragon with a unicorn horn um, wearing pajamas, like that all gets very visual for me. And I apply the pick the colors to it and I probably apply some flair to it or whatever. Like I really can visualize that. But I appreciate that while a lot of people can think like that and a lot of people do think like that, there are some people who don't. And so that's where when people are telling you, well, just visualize it or just try it or whatever. And you're like, no, I literally can't. (laughs) Okay. So This podcast is for anyone who's having trouble visualizing for whatever reason we are going to kind of troubleshoot this. So first, let's take on the people who don't see in pictures, who don't really visualize their runs in that way. This particular person, I said, well, how do you remember your agility runs, right? How do you remember uh, what you're going to do? How do you make a plan? How do you, um, how do you plan for to do certain crosses, handling moves, whatever in certain places. And what was interesting is that this person, there was a little bit of memorizing, right? That they, they kind of memorize where to go, uh, but also they feel it. And I thought that was a really powerful thing to tap into is how do you want to feel? And we talked about this a little bit in the membership this month of setting goals and setting um like objectives and not having it be like, well, my one year plan is to, you know, buy a van. And yet when, what, what is it that you really want to feel? What is it that you want to feel out of buying that van, right? And for me, it would be like, okay, like safety and security of driving my dogs around and knowing that, you know, we were, um, you know, we were safe and secure and and also represents freedom. So when I think of what a van, how a van makes me feel, it makes me feel like safe and secure and free, 
right? Because I can free to run about the cabin of the country, right? So um, those are the feelings. And so for some of us, planning by feelings or even setting goals by feelings of how we want to feel, because I could get to the end of the year, not have a new van and feel um, secure and safe and free in whatever vehicle I'm driving. Maybe there's something else out there for me. Who's to know, right? So if we chase how we want to feel, how the thing wants us, how we want the thing, right? The outcome goal, the result, whatever, or even the process goal to make us feel, sometimes that's more impactful, especially if you are someone who doesn't necessarily think in those kinds of pictures. So when we're learning or when we're running the course or when we're planning to run, again, whether whether agility is your venue or whether it's obedience or something else, how is it that you want to be feeling around that course? Where do you feel that your dog is next to you? Or how are you feeling on the course? Are you Is, is it that you are mapping it according to feeling? And lean into that. Lean into the fact that like connection, for instance, is something you feel as much as it is, you know, attention or some other really hard to define thing uh, that we all say, well, I was really connected to my dog and other handlers know what that means. But if you had to explain it to some non-dog person, what would that mean? So start to lean into maybe to your feelings. Like if you can't, if you really think you can't visualize think about, well, there is a way that I'm remembering the course, or there is a way that I'm remembering the healing pattern, or there's a way I keep all of, you know, these rally exercises in my head somewhere, and I just know how to do them. And so tap into that, like, well, oh, well, what am I doing? If I'm not visualizing, if I'm not imagining, kind of pre-imagining how the course is going to run, how am I making my plans? And lean into that skill that you already have, and then start to um, like lengthen out the time ahead of you, right? So instead of just imagining the next thing you have to do, imagine the next three things you have to do and how you want to feel and how you want it to look and how you want it to be. So try that because in some way you are, if not truly visualizing in kind of a classic sense that everybody describes, you are thinking about the future and making plans using different tools that you have. So how are you using those and how can you pull them forward and use them more and have those tools be like, you know, I would say like at your beck and call, like a great tool means that it's accessible. That means that when you need it, it is there and you have faith that it will work for you. Okay. So another visualizing troubleshooting tip, I guess, is that Um, is to go backwards, okay? So start to build this muscle by going backwards. And the way that we do this is we go and you you know, get out that phone and then look at a photo and remember everything about that minute, right? Or that, that moment that that photo either was taken or if it's a photo of you in action during your run, what can you remember about that run? What can you remember about the day? Uh, You know, when I think about certain photos, you know, I remember like who took it, where I was, if it was warm, if it was cold, if there was something unusual about it, if we had trouble getting the dogs all organized, right, for maybe some group photo, Um, if we, you know, whatever. So the more that you can think about it, like how did it, how did it smell? Were you outside and the cow patty was blowing towards you, right, the cow corral? Um, Like what, what, 
what about your senses can you invoke to make that memory richer, stronger, okay? So if you sit with that and you look at that picture and you remember all the things and you do that for even 30 seconds, a minute, even two minutes, as long as you can, really, especially if it's really impactful memory, you're really going to invoke your emotion, you're, but you're also invoking like the part of your brain that just remembers like details, whether or not they were emotional or not, like just like whether it was sunny or not may or may not have impacted you emotionally. It just was. Um, and so when we do that, that is a form of visualizing. That is a form of kind of turning that part of the brain on that attaches um, things and feelings and and your senses and remembers. Um, And it's a really weird thing to say it this way, but visualizing, wow, visualizing is just memory in reverse. Okay, so so once you get good at being able to call up those memories and being able to make them really rich, now you can start to use that same part of your brain, all those same visual cues, those senses to think about something that has not happened yet. Okay, and the beautiful thing is, is remember when scientists say that like visualizing in the future or imagining something is this is in the same lights up the same parts of the brain as memory. So your brain always thinks you did it. So instead of thinking, starting with visualization in the future, you can almost start with visualization, i.e. memory in the past, and really kind of invoke that same part of your brain. Is that weird? Is that crazy? Is that making any sense at all? So sometimes when we can't visualize, we need to know that, well, you we can visualize. Here's an example. Because while you might say, oh, my memory's going, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast or whatever, you know, I'm pretty sure that if I pull up a a photo of you running with your dog at, you know, maybe the day you got your title, you're going to be able to tell me everything about that day, right? You're going to remember all the things. And that's the same part of your brain that does visualizing. So work on the memory part first, work on being able to call up, you know, more and more things about that day, about that course, about that jump, about the judge, the weather, the, the ring, the environment, whatever. And then, then when you kind of get that skill going, think about just a small part of your course, whether it's a, or a healing pattern or, you know, a rally course or agility or whatever, you know, the, your perfect barn hunt, like whatever it is, start to think about just a 30 second or a 15 second, just piece of it. Okay. And, and just get it down to bite sizes and know that, oh, well, I can remember that rally course I did last year let's use that same stuff to apply like how I want that to go next time, all right? And just bite it off in little pieces and find what works for you. Maybe feeling is like the primary thing. You know, for some people to plan for the future like that, it's how they want to feel. And so the emotional part is stronger. It's your strongest sense, right? So maybe your emotions are your strongest. Whereas for someone else, maybe they're visual is their strongest. Maybe for someone else, it's physical, right? They can almost like, they, you know, they move their hands, you know, or something where they they spin around in circles. You know, I'm one of those spin around in circles sort of people in the parking lot when I'm running through the course in my head. Like, how does it go? How does it move, right? Start to feel it in your body. Start to get those cues in your body. That's why I think it's interesting when I watch people walk courses, um, again, for any venue, um, but especially in rally and in agility, you can almost see how they learn, 
or see how they remember or see how they make a plan. Because some people are very physical, right? Their arm has to be in the right position um, or they have to run like those people who run agility courses when they, uh, of course, drives a lot of other people crazy, but um, those people who run and it's because they have to literally get it into their body, right? And then there's some people who run and they make no hand gestures, nothing. And you're like, how could you possibly remember what to do here? You know, and it's because they're, they're putting that plan into their brain in a different way. So as you think about that and you think about like, yeah, I've seen people like prepare for a rally or an agility course and walk those courses very differently. Some are just, you can tell they're just getting it in their heads. Some are getting it in their bodies. Some are somewhere in between. Uh, you start to think like, oh, so those are the options. Like I have more options of like how I remember this. Like I don't have to do the thing like, you know, Sally does it. I can do it my own way. And visualizing is much that same. Is like, how is it getting into your brain? Um, because somehow you're remembering it, right? You're going in and you're planning for it. Someone's telling you it and you're able to go execute. So it's getting in there. You are visualizing in some way. It just might not be like, you know, quote everybody else in class right? Just might be your own way. So lean into it um, because I really don't want you to give up on visualizing, (laughs) okay? I really think it's so powerful and it's such an amazing way to give ourselves positive experiences ahead of doing the thing, you know? And to really, you know, it really can reduce ring nerves. It really can induce, reduce the anxiety of like being at a big event, for instance, um, you know, of just thinking of the pieces of like, you're like, okay, this is how this is going to go. Because so much of our ring nerves and our anxiety comes from fear of failure, okay? And being worried that we're not going to be able to perform when we want to perform. And also fear of like the unknown and the things we can't control. So visualizing gives you control over a lot more things because, oh, I've already quote been in that in that arena. I can imagine myself and what the inside of the, you know, the big convention center at the um, AKC Invitational looks like, right? I can imagine that part. Okay, so now I don't have to worry about what does it look like, you know? Um, And so we want to be able to use visualizing to make plans, but also to settle our nerves and to remind our brains that like, oh, I've already run courses like that. I've already run harder courses than that. Or uh, my dog absolutely has the skills to do all of those rally Um, exercises, even in masters, you know, or um, in obedience. We've practiced that a million times. My dog is great at the recall or what have you, right? So we want to invoke, we want to remember, we want to wake up those parts of the brain that says, I got this. I already know how to do this. I've done it before. I have positive experiences. My dog has positive experiences. We know how to do this. Because the other thing that visualization can help with is replacing negative memories, okay? So things that didn't go so well, right? Those NQs, those everything was perfect except, or, you know, walked into the ring and, you know, a baby started, you know, screaming in its stroller, whatever, right? And we all know that for all of us, it takes more positive I don't even know what the ratio is, so I'm not even going to pretend, but it takes more positive experiences to negate a single negative experience, right? So one way to give ourselves more positive experiences is to use visualization because it tells your brain, like, I've done this correctly a hundred times, right? And so it helps us do that. So that's why I don't want you to give up on visualization. I would rather 
work with you to figure out like different ways to get you there and to sort of evoke that. And I think one of the most powerful tools that I've seen is people really using memory to get there. And then of course, this this other group of people that's out there listening right now who aren't so visual, but maybe can lean into the feeling or the physicality of it or something like that, right? So don't give up find your way in, get a hold of me, you know, reach out to me or something and tell me your experience so that we can work on it together. Um, I really think that it's such a great tool. And when it's used consistently, you get a lot better at it. It really is kind of muscular in that way. And there's air quotes, you just can't see me making bunny ears. Um, but it is something that you, again, it's a tool that you want at the ready. And in order for it to be a tool that is at the ready, you have to have faith that it works. And in order to have faith that it works, you have to practice. So as you're driving around, as, you know, ideally you're doing it for like 30 seconds, like 10 times a day. And that sounds like, oh my God, 10 times a day. Who's got time for that? It's five minutes, <laughs> right? 30 seconds times times 10 is five whole minutes, okay? So just put down the TikTok or the Facebook or whatever for like a couple, like 30 seconds, like 10 times a day. Or, you know, um, attach it, anchor this new habit with another existing habit that you do a whole bunch of times a day. Like maybe every time you go um, to potty yourself, you do a little visualizing, right? Anchor it into something so that you make sure that you're practicing it and you are figuring out what works for you and figuring out how to invoke visualization into your mental game. Because it really can, you can also visualize being calm, you can also visualize being confident, uh, your breath slowing down, your um, you know, your awareness increasing while your anxiety decreases. Like there's a whole bunch of places you can go with this. Uh, all of it is, you know, beyond potentially if you're having trouble, which is what this is about, I'm not even going to go there, like of all the ways that you can use it, but know that that is available to you once you start to really work the skill and trust that it's worth investing in. And I think that's the other thing is that it's, you know, it's one of those things that like if you have trouble with it, you want to give up on it because like who wants to do hard things? Um, but we can do hard things and we can work on it. And I think once you see it in action and you realize the power of it and we have this other great thing that when we do it, our dogs can hear it, feel it, see it with us because of the connection that they, we have to the us. So I've told the story before, I will often on my way from the ring to go get my dog, be almost like, okay, indie dog, whatever, karma, whatever, here's the course, here's what we're going to do. And by me sort of sending it to them, I literally saw an improvement, right? Because we're involving them, we're connecting to them, we're, um, we know our dogs read us, right? We know they're listening all the darn time. Uh, must be exhausting, actually, for to be one of my dogs listening to my brain all the time. Like, I actually feel bad for them, but that's a separate problem. Um, but, you know, they can read us. So, like, involve them. So, there's all these great places you can go with visualization. I would love to take you there. But if you are having trouble, start with some of those things. Start with the memory. Start with thinking about, well, how do I plan? How make plans to go in the ring? Like, how do I do that? How do I, um, you know, maybe you don't call it plan or visualizing. Maybe you call it just planning and, and thinking through everything. So lean into your vocabulary, your tools, the things you already naturally are doing and think about, well, ooh, cool. How can I turn this into making a deeper plan for me to go in the ring and planning to 
execute it perfectly, successfully, time and time again? How can you make those into the parts of your brain that now calls it a memory and says, ah, please, we got this. We've already done that before. Okay. So just promise me you'll try. <laughs> I'm not going to make a visualizing expert out of you in, you know, 20 minutes. Um, but uh, promise me you'll try. And please, if this still doesn't work for you and you're like, heard you, still don't, still can't do it, really reach out to me because I really want to figure out for different brain types what works and how uh, I can make the connection for you and help you through it. Okay. All right, so practice that a little bit on your way to your trial this weekend, and um, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook, at The Q Coach, and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.